You are listening to Constructing Practice, a podcast from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dina Malandraus. Thank you for listening. I'm Juan Herreros, professor at Columbia GSAP and principal of Studio Herreros in Madrid. In recent years, we have witnessed a series of changes that redefined the traditional practice and laid the foundation of new types of architectural offices. On November 17, 2017, we hosted the symposium Constructing Practice at Columbia GSAP in New York City. This podcast series includes the 15 films who participated in the symposium and expands the conversation to include many others to tell us how they do what they do. Today, we hear from Susan Eliasson of Grau in Paris, France. Our office was founded in 2010 in Paris. The idea behind the office was collective intelligence. The idea that as many, we are better than alone, maybe slower, but I think better in terms of uh, what we can accomplish. And uh, for us, it was collective intelligence in terms of the process in architecture and in urban planning is different from the individual existence. And the name Grau, which means uh, gray in German, it comes from that, from this collective idea. Gray as a color covers the whole spectrum in a way. So it was the idea that everyone within the office, but both the people that founded it and the people that come in and out, etc., can define its own level of gray in a sense. And that was the idea that we had behind the name and it was the idea that we had behind the office, the reason for which we started it and the, the way we wanted to work. It was the aim of our office. And then the reality is a, is a bit different. Collective intelligence is difficult in the everyday life to achieve. Um, so we started as four people uh, in 2010, and we quite uh, quickly became three. Then we went down to two, and then back to three and four, and today we are five people. And uh, Anthony and I, who uh, were here from the start, were married today, and I think that is also not a coincidence. We're quite committed in every term to the idea of the collective intelligence and to team building in the everyday life. And uh, building a practice for us is, is a little bit like building a family. I think that is something that we see, which is quite common in our profession, because we also believe that you really need strong bonds if you're going to make it daily in architecture and urban planning, because it's a process that is physically quite straining. So it's something that we try to convey and to communicate also within the office, within the new people that are here and that hopefully will, will remain here. So we, Anthony and I, we both studied at the School of Architecture of Versailles. I studied also for one year in Chicago and Anthony in Versailles was following classes on the um, suburban condition by Valérie Didlon. So the School of Versailles, now looking back, was very important for us in the way we look at our profession. It was where we discovered the power of the city, uh, also of the American city, of the grid, of the suburban, of the sprawl. So the power of the city versus the almost nothingness of architecture, in a sense. And we do have a clear fascination with that. It's something that is important in our office, where it comes from. Rainer Banham, Louis Mumford, very different, but uh, important to us. And... Um, our first project at Grau, which uh, that, that was self-commissioned, that we uh, decided to do ourselves, was actually a study on the city of Gary in Indiana. And we studied this condition of the, of the city. So we are architect, trained architects, but urban planning and the, the culture of the city has always been very important to us. We all had Jamil Klush as a teacher, who is one of the partners at LAUC, which is a firm that we worked for after we graduated. And it's an office for urbanism. So we have always had both feet in the urban scale. And in terms of the urban scale, I think the American city and the 
the American culture of the city is uh, the, the idea that the city is everywhere in a sense is, is very important for us. Today, we work in every kind of urban setting and each territory from the moment that it inhabited for us, it holds a real urban potential. That's something we strongly believe in and has been probably comes from the way we have been educated and the influences we have had. As for masters, I would say we met and we had the opportunity to work with Michel Courageux, who was a famous French landscape architect who uh, passed away in 2014. We met him in 2012 and we worked with him on a project in Bordeaux. And he was a great and he is a great influence for the way we look at the city today. He was a landscape architect, but he had a strong position on architecture and on the relationship also between architecture and, uh, and landscape. And that has really influenced us in the way we look at the relationship between nature and city and housing and how we can apply quite strong and radical concepts to this notion. So that has been important for us. We have also worked with Lars Lierup, who also, I think, has this way of looking at city and nature and the, this whole reflection on mega shapes, which is not so far, I think, in a way from what Michel Courage had. So those are just a few of the influences that we've had. I also need to mention the fact that we look a lot at graphic designers also. Paul Rand, Ole Excel, Swedish graphic designer, Max Biel. For us, it's very important because we work in urban planning. These are complex issues. And usually there's sometimes the only way to explain them is by writing a very complex text. And we always try to see how can we communicate complex ideas through very simple images. And that is something that is very difficult, I think, for our profession as architects to do and that graphic designers have the capability to do. So it's a really important uh, influence in our daily work and in the way we communicate our work. I would say essentially we're in, in terms of influences, we're a little bit between the Scandinavian modernism, which is, I think, more rooted in a context between the French order, maybe, and the American urban and territorial culture. We engage in all types of dialogue in, in the process. Since we work mostly in the field of urban planning, we're never alone, ever. Each project that we engage in, it's team building within the office, but also we are always working with strong and quite large teams. We work with economists, sociologists, landscape architects, other architects, etc. So we're never, ever alone. But we have our own specificity, and that is something that we try to... The transdisciplinary approach for us is very important, but it's also very important that in this transdisciplinary approach that everyone has something also specific to put on the table. We work today, and I would suspect it's the same in the, in the U.S., there is a, a strong culture today of public participation, for example, in, in urban projects, which is very positive. But the partly negative within this is that it has become very uh, popular to say that you're in a culture of uh, negotiation. And sometimes this negotiation process we feel, takes the head of everything, that it's become almost a project in itself is the negotiation. And in the end, especially here in France, there can be a lot of discussion, many meetings, and no decisions being taken. And in the end, a lot of listening also to, to the public opinion without really taking it into account. So there is this idea of a negotiation, of a discussion, of something open, but in the end, someone just takes it all and decides. And so we do feel that transdisciplinary approach is very important, but that it has to be led in a certain way. And so to have different people with different opinions, but also different competences is very important, but also to be able to express clearly what your approach and what your added value within this transdisciplinary approach is for us is very important. And we also work more and more actually 
for our office as the link between the private and the public. In France, there are, these are two complete opposite worlds in the terms of urban planning who understand each other very badly. And since we work both in projects with the public sector and with the private sector, who is more and more present in the, in the environment, we have a sort of understanding of both worlds. And we are more and more put in the middle of these different stakeholders, which is both very difficult and also very challenging for us to do. We have an ongoing project in France, in Belgium, and in Sweden. We have a bit of a specific approach, which some people find hard to pinpoint because we are architects working in urban planning and we don't build a lot. We do build, but not a lot. And yet we don't have a traditional urban approach because we approach urbanism from the point of view of architecture because that is our training. And so we're really in the middle in terms of, of how we look at things and what is our main concern within this is, is housing. Housing not as a restrictive programmatic element, but as something for us that uh, relates to everything in the urban environment. And our main concern in every project that we tackle is how to create better conditions for a good housing. And it relates both to spatial issues of, of housing, of units, of living units, to the urban form that it generates, and also to the economical aspects of it. So what concerns us is how we can link these three aspects, the organization of housing in the contemporary world, and also in the way how we use housing, how we live is, is changing with new technologies, but with different aspects also, the urban form that it, it produces and the economy that can be made from it. And this is really a way that we look at every project. For example, right now we are building uh, 20 units just north of Bordeaux. It's housing, it's uh, social housing for a social developer with 20 units, which are individual. So it's individual dwellings, but very dense. We try to see how we can produce an urban form through individual housing. We are working on a project which is on the border of the Park of Versailles for 600 units, dwelling units to be planned. And it's a kind of new garden city development. So we try to understand how in the same way, but at a much larger scale, we can produce urban qualities and also clear, strong uh, housing qualities within this development. We also work on a, still work on a neighborhood in Bordeaux with uh, more than 20 thousand dwellings. So it's an existing neighborhoods, but we work on the evolution of this whole urban fabric. So a lot of different scales, but I would say the real connection to it is how through the production of housing, we can create more qualitative urban environments. People are always quite surprised when we say, uh, what is your concern? It's housing. Because often when you say housing, you, okay, so you produce apartment units, or that's what you're interested in. For us, housing is, as I said, it's really, it's what links everything in the urban environment. Well, I would say if you have transportation and you have a, a relationship to housing, you have more or less all the elements of the urban area. Because of course, when you start to work on housing, you, of course, you deal with uh, also retail, uh, educational facilities, public facilities, etc. So it's all linked together. But it's really our concern. It also responds to the reality in which we are operating today, which is, I know it's a little bit the same in the US. It is the case here in France. It is even more so the case in Sweden. There's a housing crisis. There is much less money and we need to build much uh, more. And uh, the question is, how can we do it better? And to try to understand how you can think of housing and how you live within the unit, but also how it relates to a larger territory and to an urban environment, I think is something that is very challenging. And it's what obsesses us, I guess, in the, in the everyday uh, reflection. And it's in all of our projects.
This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You may also be interested in the GSAP Conversations podcast series available on iTunes. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.